Welcome, friends, to another episode of Creation Talk. Today, we're going to be discussing dinosaur fossils and how they point to a global flood. My name is Keaton Halley. And I'm Joel Tate. And we're both speakers with Creation Ministries International. Joel, you're actually writing a book right now on the subject of dinosaurs. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's right. I'm co-authoring a book with Dr. Jonathan Safati on dinosaurs. So this is something I'm really interested in. We'll look forward to seeing when that comes out and getting more details about this subject. But today, we're, we're going to talk about dinosaur fossils. And let me just kind of lay the groundwork here a bit, because the reason it's important for us to talk about this subject is because our ministry exists to defend the authority of God's word, especially the history in Genesis. The reason dinosaurs relate is because the idea most people have is that dinosaurs lived millions of years ago, right? That's almost like an unquestioned fact in most people's minds. But that presents problems if you're a Christian who believes the Bible uh, for several reasons. Number one, the Bible gives the impression in Genesis 1 that God made everything in six days. And I would argue based on the context clues we have there that that is the what the author intended to say it was six literal days and just thousands of years ago so the millions of ideas millions of years idea is uh, incorrect according to scripture and there's also a theological problem there because the bible says god initially made the world good very good in fact so there was no death and suffering until the curse but to, to say dinosaurs lived millions of years ago puts their dead bones prior to Adam's sin. So how can God call the world very good if it's already filled with dead, extinct dinosaurs who have had cancer and arthritis, things we find in their bones, animals eating one another and so forth? And then third, you have the Bible talks about a global flood. If all those fossils and rock layers are really millions of years old, then a global flood, if it occurred, it would have destroyed all that evidence. It would have rearranged the geology of the earth. So it's really inconsistent. So rather, we understand the global flood. We say that that is what produced the vast majority of the fossil yes, record, right. right? Yeah. Of, of course, most people have the idea that fossils form slowly and gradually. What's wrong with that? Have you ever seen a fossilized road kill? And the answer is no, because no. <laughs> you know, fossils, they die, they degrade. If you have a fish that's in the sea, um, it dies, it floats to the top within a few days. You know, um, It falls apart, scraps fall to the bottom. Within a few weeks, scavengers, lobsters, they come along and nothing is left. So you really cannot get a fossil form that way. Oh, no, you need very special conditions. You need lots of water. You need to bury it very quickly so it doesn't decay. And so you need conditions that we see in a worldwide flood to get some of these fossils. And I say I'm, I'm passionate about dinosaurs, but one of the things about dinosaurs that if you know anything about how we find dinosaur bones, the way we find the fossils, I think that's very good evidence for a worldwide flood. And for example, one of them is that the way a lot of these dinosaur fossils are found, they are found in what we call dinosaur graveyards. Yeah. So what are these? Like, so a dinosaur graveyard is, of course, it's a place where you find tens of thousands of dinosaur bones. And they're all jumbled together. They're mixed together with marine fossils like clams and fish. You say, wait a minute, you know, fish and clams, these things do not live with the dinosaurs. So why are yeah. all their fossils <laughs> dinosaurs mixed together? Dinosaurs live on the right? land, right? They're land creatures, so yeah, you wouldn't expect creatures. to find their, their fossils buried together. Yeah, in fact, and of course, the dinosaurs did not say, hey, let's all die in one corner together, right? So how do you get all these bones just, you know, jumbled up in one pile together? Give us some specific examples of these dinosaur graveyards. Of course, um, 
if you actually look at uh, in New Mexico, there's a ghost, what they call ghost ranch. And this place, you have thousands of dinosaur fossils. And in this case, the bones are not disarticulated. They're actually articulated. What do I mean by that? That means the bones, they are intact. They are not scattered about into small pieces. So it's an intact dinosaur that you find. Yeah, there. in kind of in place the way they were in the bodies during their lifetimes. Yes. They're still in position. That's right, like, like, a, like a skeleton in place. Yeah. So that's Ghost Ranch. We have in Montana, we have 10,000 duckbill dinosaurs. And what's interesting in this case is that the dinosaurs, they're covering this vast area, but most of them, um, for two kilometers, they're all aligned in an east-west direction. And then later on, for the next half kilometer, they're all aligned in the north-south direction. And this suggests to us that these dinosaurs were all in water. They're being swept in one direction. And then before they're being overcome and quickly killed and buried by thick flood sediments. And when we see the scale of things like that, you know, small local floods, they cannot explain what we see. So when we see these dinosaur graveyards all over the earth, I think they are testimony of a worldwide flood. Mm. Another example too is Dinosaur National Monument, I know, where there's yeah a whole lot of big heavy dinosaur bones jumbled up with logs and all. Yes, that's right. It, it clearly was transported and washed into place. Um, the evolutionists say it was a series of local floods, but that doesn't seem to, to best explain the evidence that we're seeing there. So, Keaton, there's, you want to mention something about not just how we find the bones in one pile, but the posture that the you know, dinosaurs take? Yeah, this is something we've written about in a number of articles that we'll post in the show notes below. It's called the dinosaur death pose, mm-hmm. or the, the fancy scientific name is the epistatonic posture. I think that's how you say that word. <laughs> yes. It actually means behind tension, epistatonic behind tension. So what's happening is like the, the spines of these dinosaurs, they can be big ones or small ones. Uh, and it's not just dinosaurs, birds, and even some mammals are found in this position buried in the ground as fossils. It's like their necks are curved backwards. So their, their heads are arched behind where they ought to be normally. And their tails even usually are extended up and, and curled backwards as well. And so this has been known about for over a hundred years. Dinosaur experts have puzzled about what is it that causes the dinosaurs to be buried in this position. And so there have been kind of a series of suggestions over the years, um, many of which have been tested by experiment and they don't really stand up to scrutiny. Ideas like maybe it's the rigor mortis as it sets in, it it kind of moves limbs, you know, in these positions or Mm -hmm. tendons drying out and they contract. But that doesn't actually seem to be the case when you do the experiments. Yes. So one idea more recently that some scientists proposed is that uh, it was suffocation as the animals were dying. They moved into that position just before their death because of muscle spasms caused by the lack of oxygen. Mm-hmm. So, of course, if that turns out to be the correct answer, that would be consistent with a worldwide flood because the dinosaurs, as they drowned, would not be able to get oxygen and they might undergo these muscle spasms. Yes. But that's probably not the best explanation because there was a, a more uh, recent paper that came out from some scientists at Brigham Young University, and they overturned the previous work that had been done on this. They they showed they actually did an experiment with with chickens. We don't have any live dinosaurs around today to, to test, but chickens, they were, they were, yeah. yeah chickens that were already dead, and they they put them in buckets of cold water, fresh water, and just standing back and watching what happened. Within moments, the chickens' necks began to crane backwards, and so. I've even had people tell me at ministry events that they've seen this for themselves. You know, accidentally a baby chick dies, floats in the water, and uh, the neck Mm. arches backwards. So the researchers investigated why this happened, 
And it's because the chickens have a relatively long neck, so the muscles don't have to do all the work. This ligament is like a stretchy rubber band that helps to hold up the heads to take some of the weight. Mm -hmm. When the chickens die, ordinarily, if they lie on the ground, that rubber band tries to contract, but it can't overcome the weight of the head. So probably the same was true with dinosaurs. If you set them in water, they would have had the same ligament with their long necks, you know. It's because in the buoyant water, that contracting rubber band can pull backwards. And what the researchers found as well, if they, they left them in for months, actually, and the movement became a little bit more pronounced, but most of it took place within just moments. Yeah, just a few seconds, I think. Yes. And so when we see things like that, you know, the only way to explain why dinosaurs all over the world, you know, and like you see other creatures take on their posts because there was a worldwide flood. Yeah. So again, this is good evidence supporting the biblical account of the flood. Another thing is interesting. I mean, most of these dinosaurs that they have the long necks or chickens, the long necks, they bend backwards. But armored dinosaurs, armored dinosaurs do not have the same long necks. And so they do not bend that way. But there's something interesting about armored dinosaurs as well. You see, in May 2017... And you're, you're thinking here of like ankylosaurs, right? The yeah, ones that are like low yes. to the ground, they're tetrapod, the four, four legs on the ground, and they got yes, these that's right. mace-like yeah, the heavy armored, tail. Yes, yeah, that's big, right. Big, heavy dinosaurs, yeah. So ankylosaurus is one of the armored dinosaurs. It has uh, the tail with a club. You know, I'm sure you have seen pictures of that dinosaur. So that's ankylosaurus. So in May 2017, some scientists found what they say was the best preserved ankylosaurus. So it was so well preserved that it was it preserved its three-dimensional shape. You had skin armor, you had keratin that's protein, you had, you had all kinds of body parts that were preserved. You could actually see the shape. And what was interesting about this dinosaur was that it's actually buried upside down in flood sediments. So that was in May. May 2017, one month later in June, National Geographic came out with another uh, came out with an article. And this time it's another armored dinosaur. It's a nodosaur. So a nodosaur is like the armored dinosaur, but it doesn't have that club at the end of the tail. Yeah, so just a close relative of the ankylosaur. Yes, that's right. It's a relative. It, you had, again, you had the same three-dimensional preservation. You had skin armor, scales. You could actually see in its gut the remnants of 48 different plants, including a few flowering plants. They're all preserved. Mm. So again, very well intact, uh, articulated fossils. And this armored dinosaur was estimated to be 1,100 kilograms and 5.5 meters long. Well, if you're in America, that would be 18 feet long. So this massive creature, it was described in the literature, right? Huge. <laughs> Again, it was being washed out by a flood hundreds of meters into the ocean, almost 100 meters, and then it was quickly buried upside down again. So what's going on, right? I mean, why, why are, now we have two examples of upside down dinosaur. So one in May, one in June. So scientists got curious about this. And by September, another group of scientists came out with a paper. So they look at 37 different armored dinosaurs that were found in Canada. And they found that 70% of all armored dinosaurs were actually buried upside down. Yeah, so it's not just a glitch. It's like that's the common way. Yes, there's the majority, right? And so they begin to do computer simulations, look at the way it's balanced. And they found that these dinosaurs, they are top heavy. That's the armor, the armored skin. When they are in water, they actually float, but they are very unstable. And all you need is a small wave to come along and this things, they just turn over like a turtle, you know? And and so when they see a f armored dinosaur being buried that way upside down, it tells you that at a time of death, it was actually in water. Hmm. And they tried, and one of the things they say that, you know, maybe it's not just floating, maybe it died for a while and it float and bloat, you know? And the reason why is that when you float and bloat, 
you're actually even more unstable. But whether you're actually in water at the time of death or whether you're floating and bloating, you have to be in water. Right? Yeah. And these massive creatures, <laughs> that's, that's all, all around the world again. That's again consistent with a worldwide flood. But you know, could it be that these dinosaurs were just dying and floating for a while and then, you know, being buried, bloat and float? Or is it more consistent with rapid burial? Right? Earlier on, we said that for fossils to form, you need very special conditions. Yeah. But scientists have actually done some experiments. So what they did, they did is that they took juvenile crocodiles. So small crocodiles, not the big size ones, small crocodiles. And they buried that in sediments. So some they just killed and they just put the carcasses on the water and some they buried that under 20 centimeters of sediment. That's about eight inches of, of sediment. And they say that the, if the crocodile is not buried immediately, within a few days, it bloats, it floats to the top. And then it falls to the bottom. The bones are disarticulated. They scatter yeah, about. Yeah, it falls apart. So yeah, if you leave it there for yeah for any length of time, it's gonna yeah, fall apart. That's right. Um, so a few weeks it falls apart in pieces. But if you actually want the dinosaur fossil, the dinosaur skeleton to be intact, you need to bury it at the time of death. So that's the only way you get an intact skeleton. Yeah, and may- maybe bury it fairly deeply then too. Yeah, to, in order to preserve it. So. Yeah, because they buried that in about 20 centimeters of sediment. And in one case, a dinosaur actually escaped from that, from that and floated to the top, <laughs> a right? Cro- crocodile. Yeah, you mean. crocodile. Sorry, a crocodile. Yeah. I keep saying dinosaur. I'm sorry. <laughs> so a crocodile escaped and they had to bury that again the next day. And so they, so to really, you know, these are juvenile crocodiles. The bigger a creature is, the more sediment you'll need to bury that because you have more bloat gas. Mm. So for something as big as a nodosaur, an ankylosaurus, you need massive amounts of sediments to be buried at the time of death in order to get a three-dimensional, well-preserved fossil. Mm. So again, this again confirms a worldwide flood all around the world. Well, let's talk about one more piece of evidence. This is one we had a Creation Magazine article about um, not so long ago. People can find that on the website, creation.com. And this has to do with the sauropods. Those are the types of dinosaurs that they became the biggest of all, some of them, yes. like Brachiosaurus, they're the ones with the long, the long necks neck, long tails. and a long yeah. tail. Yeah. Um, Apatosaurus, Diplodocus, these would be other examples. But in this case, it was a, a fossil trackway, that is the footprints in a line uh, in Glen Rose, Texas. Um, I've actually been to Glen Rose and got to see some of the dinosaur footprints that they have there. Not this particular trackway because it was just recently discovered. But what they showed here is that the, the footprints only had the front legs of the sauropods walking along, no impressions from the hind legs. And so there were two explanations that the paper proposed. They said it could be perhaps that these dinosaurs were just designed to have most of the weight carried by their front legs. And so they're kind of, the, the hind limbs don't have to do as much of the work. And so maybe they didn't step quite as deeply in the, in the soft sediment and leave these impressions. But that explanation is probably not very likely because these these animals would have been incredibly heavy. Um, the <laughs> sauropods mm-hmm. uh, we're talking about that left these footprints would have been between 15 and 78 tons, they estimate. So mm-hmm. almost certainly, if this was a normal circumstance, their hind legs would have left footprints as well. So the, the other idea they had was that maybe they were actually s- floating somewhat in some water so that their heads were above the water but their bodies were immersed, and so the sediment below didn't have to bear all of their weight, and they could just sort of do almost like a handstand, propelling themselves forward by walking along with their front legs. So yes. th- these are secular researchers proposing this. The evidence to them seemed like it pointed to a watery reason for 
you know, this sediment, the, the footprints being made. And then, of course, on top of that, the, the footprints would have to be buried quickly as well, or they would be destroyed by the environment, just like the animals we talked about. We do find a layer on top that also had fossilized ripple marks, ripple impressions, showing that this was moving water that laid down all of these layers as the dinosaurs were moving in, in, this, in this one direction uh, in Texas at the time. So it's kind of interesting because, you know, when people think of dinosaurs, they think of millions of years in evolution. But what we see from the bones and fossils, you know, they tell us that all this is consistent with, with a worldwide flood. So we have talked about dinosaur graveyards being evidence of a flood burial. We talk about, uh, you, you mentioned the dinosaur death pose, the necks being and tails banged backwards. They had to be water at the time of death. With the armored dinosaurs, most of them are actually buried upside down. And finally, you mentioned footprints, dinosaur footprints showing that they were actually swimming wading in water. I think the best explanation we can use for why we see all this is that at the time of death, all these dinosaurs were a result of worldwide flood in Noah's day. I hope you guys enjoyed this session. Um, do check out the links that we have at the bottom because that will provide a bit more information on what we are sharing here. And do not forget to check out a couple of titles. So uh, Keaton, do you have any title or book that you would like to recommend? Yeah, I would recommend a book by Michael Ord. He's written a book, uh, kind of an in-depth look at some of the difficult problems that evolutionists raise for a creationist view of dinosaurs. And so the title of that is Dinosaur Challenges and Mysteries. It's available at our web store. And if you have kids who love dinosaurs, just like my kids, you know, I encourage you to check out this book. It's called Exploring Dinosaurs with Mr. Heap. And of course, keep an eye out for the book that Dr. Jonathan Safati and I are writing at the moment. Do not forget to follow us and we look forward to seeing you again. Thank you. Bye.